Hello and welcome to Podcat, the premier podcast of the Podcat Podcast Network. I started this while Veronica was still chewing on a thing that she thought I'd give her time to, to finish chewing. But you never know what's going to happen here because it's just a show filled of wild adventures. Oh boy. Well, I was just chewing on a lemon mamba. Yes, you love lemon candied anything, right? I do. What I do you, love lemons. What are your favorite lemon candied candies? Did you just pull a margarita out of your basketball shorts pocket? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that for the audience. Veronica, people need someone to bring an element of class to the mix. And pulling a limerita, a Budweiser limerita, out of my basketball shorts. You know, with this country's new definition of class, I cannot disagree with that. Thank you for bringing refinement to this podcast. <sighs> you got it. All right. Ooh, that's so, tart. If you're listening to this episode 31 of Podcat and you don't know who I am, I'm Veronica. Yeah, <laughs> you've gotten this far and you don't know who I am. Well, who could blame you? Veronica's down at the star here. But no. my name's Sam Brady. And I, I just like things on the internet sometimes so much that I get banned from Twitter. Oh, boy. Uh, is that <sighs> LaCroix over there empty? No. Could I have a swig? Sure. I can't guarantee how old the water is. That leads us to our first topic of the day. Old water. So I am a deeply not um, superstitious person. I love a number of things. Kind of deliberately not so. If I ever yeah. find myself hesitating to do something because like of a superstitious impulse... I will roll my eyes at myself, be almost angry that I had that impulse, and then stubbornly do whatever the thing is that I didn't want to do for a second, right? I even had the memories of feeling that way when I was a kid. Like, hesitating to open a door because uh, you imagine something supernatural spooky. I mean, when I was a little, little kid. And then being like, the be- the worst thing that can happen is that you learn that there's magic. And how, how bad could that be, is what I would reason. And then I just go do whatever I wanted, very rationally minded. Um, and so I just, I'm a very anti-superstitious person and I kind of don't have much patience for superstition in, in, uh, in a lot of elements of my life, but I don't like water that's old. (laughs) (laughs) And by old water, I will see a glass of of water that I got at 10 PM, took a small drink of and sat on the counter. And then in the morning, I'll see that same glass and I'm like, that's fine. That's like the number one definition of old water is if you've gone to sleep. While the water's been out. <laughs> but Sam says that he can legitimately taste the difference. Yes. And I say, bullshit. Well, I'll sometimes have like two water bottles on my side of the bed because I'm a human slob. Please and don't I... say two bottles. You know there's more than two bottles on your side of the bed. <laughs> Several. <laughs> a, Several a, water bottles. A Legend of Zelda's potion shop worth of bottles. Yes. That is accurate. <laughs> on my side of the bed. It makes me crazy. <laughs> and one of them will be fresh, delicious water. And the rest will be old water, and then I have to play Russian roulette, and I know immediately if I've gotten wrong, because <laughs> it's old ass water. It's it's hilarious, and I did not think it was a thing initially. I thought that he was just like <coughs> screwing around with me, but the more I get to know him, I'm just no. Nope. Wow, this is a thing. It's I'm a real, real life thing. I'm I'm real real serious about it. <laughs> like fresh water when possible. Um. So I went to have lunch with Eden at school on Friday because um, I don't frequently get to go to a lot of school things and whatnot because I work quite a bit. Uh-huh. But um, I do really enjoy just like surprising her and I went and bought um, a small pizza from her favorite pizzeria in the town that I work in and showed up and it was great. But I forgot to get drinks for us. And so I went and waited in the school cafeteria line and all they had, can you believe this, is milk. 
<laughs> I hate milk. You I do. I do not like it. I will put it on my cereal, and uh-huh. then I will eat the cereal out of the milk, and then I will promptly dump yes. that milk. Yes. Because it is dead to me. It's so hard for me to ever imagine doing that, and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've heard you admit that. <laughs> I usually don't admit it. Uh, Veronica will try to be very accommodating my lactose intolerance. So I'll be like, no, I don't want anyone to make any accommodations for me because I'm just a normal person. I'm going to eat whatever. And then I just have diarrhea. Yeah. So that's Sam. If he ever just disappears, it's because he's eaten something that he does not, he shouldn't be eating, but that he refuses to believe is toxic for his body. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm eating this cheese dip. I don't care. And then he'll disappear for like 15 minutes and everyone will be like, where did Sam go? Well, he's lactose intolerance, but he, he just <laughs> refuses to change anything about his diet because he does not want to be lactose intolerant. And I've told him that that is not how that works. The worst thing is I'm just terrified that you're going to get some other type of like disease or allergen and you're just going to be like, no, Veronica. I'm not gluten intolerant. <laughs> I'll eat anything. And then you'll just be horribly crampy for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'll have to call you Uncle Krampus. <laughs> so I think podcast listeners and you are learning my capacity for denial. In some yeah. <laughs> like I am a responsible people who is not a burden to other people. And it makes me kind of crazy if I feel like I'm a burden to other people or mm-hmm. they have to go out of way from me. It, it just, it just drives me nuts. So I don't break phones because that's not what a person who's responsible, who is respectful of other people's time and other people's things would do. But I've got uh, two left hands and ten butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the candy bars I'm eating right now. So oh. I, I, drop, I drop phones left and right and I break them. But I can't know that. <laughs> it's so hard for me to understand that. And it's so funny, like, so often, I think this podcast has really um, put us in this this point where I see how opposites attract so much. Oh, yeah, because we're yeah, very different. We are so different in so many ways. A lot of respects, for sure. Yeah. It's very fun. But anyways, what I was saying is I went and all they had were milk. And so I bought a, a regular, just like plain white milk. And I drank it, and it was delicious. And so I have deemed that small half pints of milk from a carton are A-OK with me. <laughs> I'll drink that. I'll not drink any other milk. Sounds good. I'm just glad it wasn't a carton of old water. You really lucked out there. Do you remember, and you may be too young for this, Sam, but do you remember um, canned water? I certainly remember seeing it. Okay. I really liked it <laughs> as a kid. Um, I, and now I developed a taste for stuff like Perrier and uh, San Pellegrino very early on in my childhood. I always thought it was really good. Everyone was just like, it's disgusting. I hate it. But I just always like carbonated water. It's mm. just great. Yeah. So in any event, this was not carbonated water. This was just canned flat spring water. And it was kind of cold. But the reason I liked it is because it kind of tasted like the can. <laughs> <laughs> and I went one day and I hopped into my papa's car uh, as he was picking me up after volleyball practice. And he was like, you bought a can of water? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, of course I bought a can of water. It's better than buying a can of Coke. And he was like, no, 
Because a can of water is stupid. <laughs> At least if you were buying a can of Coke, you wouldn't be stupid. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. And that's how Sam brings me closer to the mic. Yes. He just rolls me forward. Just, yep. Uh-huh. Just, just push your chair <laughs> towards it. So that was that. Hey, I think I have leftover questions from the last one. Sure. And there were things I told asked you to remember. Addison. Addison. Okay. So I worked at this catering company when I went to school the first time at a school called Utah Valley University in Utah. And at the school, the catering company, there's a rule for the school. It had a large international student population, specifically a large um, Asian international student population. Um, and it also at the same time had kind of strict rules about um, how what you could and couldn't do if you were an international student. And one of the things that you cannot do if you're an international student is work off campus. So it really pushes people into these uh, few campus employers, one of the biggest employers being this catering company that the school runs. It's not just for the school, but it's for surrounding businesses, and it's, and it's very active. And I worked in that catering company uh, for some time, uh, uh, quite a bit of time. And I, I worked as a caterer, as a cook, um, as a fry cook, as a line cook, in, in different capacities. And it was, it was an interesting experience. But I got to know a lot of really fun people uh, who were really great and really interesting. Um, and, and that was really fun. I met this gentleman by the name of Addison. That's not his name. Uh, that's his American name. Or that's his assumed name, and it's his, his name that he goes by here. Uh, but he's he's from Taiwan, uh, and he's got a different name there. And I was um, uh, really coming out and to my own, and I had been this way for quite a long time to uh, my close friends, and, and certainly in my mind, and in my ethical and moral behavior. But I was I was an atheist. I was not a Mormon. I did not participate in things. And I had become, uh, let me turn out, meet my phone here. I had become kind of outspoken and a little bit brazen about that. And uh, in some respects, I mean, certainly when you met me, I was a little uh, rough around the edges with, with people who are mm-hmm. slightly different. And, and I think it's always a process of, of learning how to get along with, with other people. And I was very young. But he, he would just be like, yeah, that's great that you feel that way and you want to do that way. But why do you feel the need to, to do that way in that particular way is kind of what he would ask. He was really fascinated by the, by me and by me being a little bit more different, a little bit counterculture to the prevailing culture at the time there. And I would say how it's so important to who I want to be and how I want to live my life and how I looked up to. And, and it was so important to me to have people who were um, outspoken and proudly themselves in, in different ways. Um, and that meant a lot to me. And he's like, yeah, I absolutely get that. You should. And he's just like, but do you need to have both eyes open all the time? Is what he said. He said, "I'm trying to." She said, "I'm trying to translate this um, uh, idiom or this expression uh, that that that's in, in my language. I'm not quite sure how to say it in uh, English, but I'm I'm kind of like you in a lot of ways. I I feel quite a bit different, and that kind of burns a hole in my heart sometimes. The way it kind of does for you to live in a place where you 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 can't be you in some respects. But there's this expression to have one eye open, one eye closed, is is what the expression is, and it's to." Keep your eye on who you are and uh, uh, never close that eye, but to be willing to close the other eye to get along well where you are, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interesting one, and it came up to my mind a lot recently of us living in a very conservative area that's being a lot more brazen and scary recently. Yeah. Being safe, having one eye open, one eye closed. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, I just I just wanted uh, the the Addison story. I, I uh, had been on your mind, and you wanted to share it. Had been on my mind, and I wanted to share it. And you listened to it because I tricked you into paying for my therapy because this is free, and you spent your time on it, sucker. It's not free. We have to pay for the internet. That's true, and the SoundCloud subscription. And the SoundCloud <laughs> subscription. Okay, so I'm going to pick a question 
from the audience from last time. Okay. And um, this is from, oh, and he told me his name. I think it's Kieran. Kieran. Um, Hey, Podcat Podcast. What are you looking forward to? What's your Thanksgiving specialty? What do you do for Thanksgiving? So Veronica really loves holidays, and she has a very strict hierarchy of holidays. She loves them not all equally, but no. she loves some much, much more than others. And Thanksgiving is 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 not the most beloved of the holidays to It Veronica. is only a smidgen above St. Patrick's Day, probably even below it at some... An election year's absolutely below it. <laughs> election year's are tough. Sure. Um... For those of you that don't know, my, one of my least favorite holidays is St. Patrick's Day because of my ir- irrational fear of leprechauns. Yes. Um, you married a Brady. Yeah. Okay. From Mayo, Ireland. Yeah. That's where my ancestry all draws from. Very scary. <laughs> You're terrified of me? <laughs> don't come near me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Um, let's see. So, yeah, Thanksgiving. I, I hate it. <laughs> I, I love Thanksgiving makes me appreciate and love and miss my parents' cookie. My parents are phenomenal cooks, so they make great holiday uh, fare, and they make this really good uh, stream bean kind of casserole that I think is just so fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, they it is green bean casserole, but it is on steroids. Yeah. So we told your dad, like, hey, send us this recipe, and he did, and I was just like... This would cost like a hundred bucks. This is, this is a $40 side dish. Yeah, it's real expensive. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Like nice goat's cheese, and then like yeah. some other sort of really some nice kind cheese. Of weird butter. And the, yeah, like this really nice kind of hard to find, but like organic sort of butter sort yeah. of thing. I'm like, boy, I mean, you know what you're doing. This is great stuff, but we're not going to spend forty yeah. bucks to make green bean casserole. That's more than we spend on the turkey. Yeah, but my parents are, are real hardcore about cooking, and and yeah. Thanksgiving makes me think Your about dad especially. my dad especially. But the Thanksgiving makes me think about and miss their cooking because I, I really enjoyed that on Thanksgivings. Um, I haven't, I don't go home for Thanksgiving and I've lived in different states than uh, my, my parents. I, I, I live home at home here. This is my mm-hmm. home. But what I mean is I don't, I don't see my, my um, parents or, or siblings. It's not like me where I'm, I can see my parents anytime. That's right. And I haven't seen them on Thanksgiving for like um, several, several years. Um, I didn't when I was a page, and I didn't start even when I was 18. So, like, so a long, uh, quite a while. About 10 years. Yeah, about 10 yeah. years. Um, so, yeah, so it's Thanksgiving has, has often been a holiday I've celebrated myself, but lately it's been with Veronica, and sometimes we go out and see her parents. And it's just a, a, a quick little holiday. We're usually pretty busy around this time of year. Mm-hmm. So, Well, so what do I, so what do we do for Thanksgiving? Well, since you've been with me, I think that you've adopted my mantra of avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm-hmm. Do anything and everything you can to not be around people that are just going to be picky and bitey and catty and just... Sure. Yeah. A dark cloud of despair upon your day of thanks. <laughs> I'd rather not. I do enjoy having um, a special meal with my, you know, my little nuclear family. I, uh-huh. I like that. Uh, but I don't like seeing the extended family. That It just, it's so depressing. Gotcha. Um, I wish that I could just selectively bring certain members of my family over to my house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like my granny would be one. Because I like her. Yeah. But she's like 86 or 87. Mm. So I should spend more time with her. Um, let's see. 
Was there something else I told you to remind me about to say on podcast? If there is, I didn't do a mind trick to make me think about Grey's Anatomy, so I can't. <laughs> I couldn't pull that back around for you. I'm sorry. Oh, don't worry. I'll I'll, I'll think of it and say it when I think well, of it. Well, good. Okay, so this is also an it's an oldie but a goodie. Okay. Okay. Hey, podcast podcast. This is from R. I be plundering. Ah, hey. It says, um, do you push the elev- elevator? <laughs> do you push the elevator button? More than once to make it go faster. No. Do you? No. Yeah. I do not. But what I will do is I will try to see if the closed door button actually works. Mm. Because I swear to everything that I know to be true in this universe. Those buttons work half the time. Sure. Yeah. It is, it is a roll of the dice if you're trying to close that door and whether or not that functions properly. And it makes me so angry. I'm just like, just don't put it in there. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Let's see. So We have a bunch of new questions, so I'll just go up. And going back to Thanksgiving, something I'm so excited mm-hmm. about this Thanksgiving is playing video games as soon as homework and school is done. That's true. I have a tradition of um, rewarding myself with... A thing or a show or something after a particularly hard test or I get homework done. Uh-huh. So, this time I'm rewarding this semester with a video game. Mm-hmm. That video game is Pokemon Moon. Yeah. And it will be here tomorrow. And for me it's Dishonored 2 and that will also be here tomorrow. Thank you, Veronica. You are welcome. Hey, Podcat Podcast. How much do you really know about Canada? What do you want to know? Um, Who asks that? This is from at Mizzle. Oh, at Mizzle. Hey, Mizzle. Hello, Mike. How much do I really know about Canada? I would say very little. Yeah, I'd say relatively little. Yeah, I watched um, several uh, clips of a conservative speaker in Parliament, I guess. Mm -hmm. They're on the parliamentary system, yeah? Yes. Um, So anyways... And she was interesting. She's from Alberta. I listened to a series of comparative political um, um, thoughts and essays and interviews by Ezra Klein, where he was talking to people about different systems and parliamentary systems and kind of comparing and contrasting some of them with the American political system. Um, so I listened to that. I read a series of papers that was talking about the environmental um, possible impact of tar sand oils and uh and then also the the uh, economics of tar sand oils uh um so i, I researched that a bit i uh, read up, up a bunch on justin trudeau's uh kind of policies i know a lot about the astronaut guy who's a hero whose name escapes me at the moment he's got a mustache he's always on twitter uh chris hadfield i think that i'm probably saying that wrong and I apologize for forgetting your national treasure and your hero's name. But I, I listen to um, education podcasts, which I really love. I'm not sure if Stephanie's still doing it, but if she's, I hope she is because it was, it was really exciting. And the one that really was the most memorable to me uh, was uh, the one that's on, uh, on your guys' hero, um, who's like this crazy badass pilot and this advocate for all these sort of really nice things and this very long-term, very prolific astronaut kind of guy. 
So that's what you know about Canada. Yeah. Okay. That's what I know about Canada. Um, I also know that there is money called a loony and a toonie. <laughs> and I think that's cute. Yeah. Totally. I like that. Um, I don't know. I don't really know much about Canada. I know that they, at one point, were the largest producer of toilet paper for North America. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. And now it's okay. those bears. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy next question next question so Mizzle please send us a Canada fact oh, I'll, I'll share it with uh, podcast next time what do we want time. to know um, what do we want to know um, how can you take us with it you yeah well, I was specifically going to talk about immigration because it's become very important to me yeah <laughs> very important we want to grow up in a, the best possible place for the kids yeah that's not Texas this is it is not here so um so we shall see. So maybe we'll um, collectively marry Mike and Mike and Jess. Yes, let's just. Dang it! Yeah, we should. We should have thought of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, tell us everything that you know, Mike. Maybe we'll have you on the show one day to talk about Canada. Although I think that podcast briefly existed through Steph Kingston, but I'm sure she wouldn't mind it. Other people talked about yeah, Canada. Yeah, and I'm not sure if in it fact, is I, or not. I'm going to take an after look to see if it is still there, because I really did love it. I listened to quite a few number of episodes of it, and they were really great. Oh, education. Education. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is from at Matthew M. Morris. Ooh. Matthew, Matthew Morris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, podcast, podcast. You're the best. You know it. Yeah. Around... No one's ever, ever gonna. No, you don't know the words. <laughs> I trust that Sam <laughs> loves me enough to see past this <laughs> this public slight. <laughs> well, Matt, thanks for your question. We were a team that supported each other before your question. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never called you out on uh, on misspoken lyrics before, and had just daggers come straight from <laughs> my breasts. <laughs> All yeah. right, well. Yeah. So yeah, it, Matt. In, in summation, we are the best. Uh, turn that. Just straighten out that question mark into an exclamation point. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, at Matthew Morris also asks, Hey, Podcat Podcast, what values do you respect in a leader? Ooh. Boy, um, what values do I, do I respect in a leader? Um, I think that I, re- the values that I respect are different from the values that I expect. Is okay. that different? Yeah. So um, the values that I would respect in a leader are people that are able to make tough decisions, um, knowing that there is no clear winner uh, in a decision-making process. But, you know, like if lots of people are going to get hurt or, you know, or, you know, whatever, um, lose money or Mm -hmm. lose time, um, to be able to make a decision that has the best impact on future generations or on the future, mm-hmm. um, in spite of having some people a little bit angry. I think that 
I respect people that are capable of making a decision rather than mulling over and debating over it too long. Okay. Uh, I fall out of favor pretty quickly with, with people in the public hiring leadership positions if I feel that they don't understand or appreciate an opportunity cost. If they just figure, why, why don't we go in this direction, and they can't think through why not or how it could go wrong. Um, what I like in a, a leader is someone who's a crusader for what they believe in when it, it is and isn't in vogue for them to be that way. Mm-hmm. So somebody who is, is continuing to, to, to fight for the, their values, uh, even when, when that isn't immediately as, as, as advantageous or as rewarding uh, to that person. Um, and I think a leader is somebody who invests in people around them and who wants to see other people around them um, grow and, and, and do that as well and who sees that as part and parcel to their leadership. Um, yeah, I certainly respect a leader that um, that invests in um, passing on institutional knowledge to you know subordinates. Um, I think that Part of a leader's job, for the most part, is getting out of the way and letting the the people that are smarter than you do the work. I honestly think that people that get into leadership positions um, are there because, or should be there because maybe they're not the smartest person, but they know and can find people that are smarter than them and can make better decisions than, than them in certain aspects. Um, so I really think that that team development, but also, you know, after you've been in a job for a certain amount of time, I respect the ability for someone to get out of the way to step aside and let the next generation of leaders lead. I think that especially in, um, in our public politics, there's a very bad thing that happens in that we don't have, uh, well, for instance, you know, there are a lot of millennials that are now getting old enough to, um, to you know, seek public office on a federal level, and um, we just, we aren't represented um, as well as we should be, and I think that that is a lot of, uh, a lot of problems with people just continually running for the same seat over and over because incumbents um, tend to win elections. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I think that for public policy, I'm very much for term limits. Um, mm, I'm very much against. Yeah. I would say term limit. I don't think that, I think, like, for instance, the president of the United States, two term limits is not long enough. I don't think that that's an effective amount of time to do the work that you need to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that it, it was better when that was implied, but I certainly don't think that it should be enforced. Um, with other positions, I don't think that you need to be, you know, in politics for over 25 years on the Senate or anything like that. I think that, you know, if in 25 years you haven't done enough and you haven't groomed someone to kind of come in and take your positions, well, I don't think you're a good leader. If you can't groom the next generation to come on and take over for you so that they can have more credibility. You know, I, I don't think that's a good thing. So, What, if anything, do you see as the opportunity cost of that? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Okay. 
I'm sorry that I won't give you an answer right now. No worries. It's fine. I'm unwrapping this candy. <laughs> um, 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 um. Okay. Alrighty, is there anything else you want to talk about? Talk about? Yeah. Mmm. Mm. I have a really good one. I think this is a good question for you. Okay. Hey, Podcat Podcast. How do you deal with the crushing anxiety of finals, working retail in the holiday season, Ugh. and my country's evils loom over me? <laughs> we bought video games that we're very excited to play. We cannot play them yet, but uh, we've been thinking about them and talking about them a lot. Uh, and that's very helpful. Uh, I, to be honest, of how I deal with finals is... Um, I mean, there comes a point, especially when I'm very busy with every other sector of my life, which I am, uh, where I just kind of get excited to be done, and I don't care about doing the absolute best that I did before. And, you know, I just get, get excited by how much I'm just finally finishing things, and just it's the last time ever I'll do this, or last time ever I'll do that, and start thinking along those lines, and, and that, that's, that's motivating to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, retail's tough. Um, uh, from my experience of it. I've, I've certainly had a lot more experience in other sectors like service or construction or um, government. But uh, when I, I have worked in retail, it, it has been very difficult. So I, I think you just um, find camaraderie and solidarity with the people that you can. And you think about how funny and how much of a just cosmic joke people are. Uh, you know, what, what's the first... I've never seen very much of True Blood, but the first episode of True Blood... Uh, what's her face? Uh, Suki is just so so fixated and almost darkly fascinated with how insanely fucking ridiculous everyone is, mm -hmm. and you gotta channel that. You gotta really be just a part of your brain has to just really be creatively inspired by how just maddeningly dumb and sadistically asinine people are around you, and you gotta fix into that how how you have a front seat to the crazy house sort of a thing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we have a couple more questions, and then we're going to... We'll make this a Thanksgiving super episode or something. Okay. Know. Is that fine with you? Sure. Or would you rather do a second episode? No, I don't want to do a second episode. I okay. want to make some popcorn. <laughs> that is true. We are gearing up for a uh, ritual night of Have just Have we ever told them relaxing. about how much I love popcorn? I don't know. Can we express that in words in a way that they can understand? Okay. So, once upon a time, I did an event... For um, an event, uh -huh. we'll say. Yeah. And I bought a, what, 80 pound yeah. sack of, of, of popcorn, popcorn kernels. kernels. Yeah. And there was so much left over. I mean, yes. There was just, so I ended up just buying that. We and had like tall oatmeal cylinders filled to the brim of them. So yeah, I had because I eat, um, well, at least I used to. I need to start eating a lot of this again. But um, I used to eat oatmeal, like, all the time. And uh -huh. I would save those containers because they're just very good for yeah, storing nice. extra yeah, stuff. Totally. So um, if you can imagine a large Quaker oats canister, mm -hmm. I filled approximately six of those with popcorn uh -huh. kernels. For a normal person... Lifetime supply. Lifetime supply. Easily. Mm -hmm. For Sam Brady, that did not last eight months. Nope. He loves popcorn. He will eat it plain. It is like... Green. I will eat it with a mouse. I will eat it in a house. Yeah, you are like... 
the dude from Sam I Am. Or <laughs> <laughs> the Green Eggs and Ham. I always yeah. call that book Sam I Am. But, um, yeah, you are that with popcorn. And it is ridiculous. But he makes this really delicious popcorn that I was not about when we first, like, kind of started... I guess dating mm-hmm. and I was just like not about it I was like I don't know about this this sounds oh, it's so delicious <laughs> it was so good and it's just this ranch popcorn that I really love now uh-huh. um, it's one of my favorite snacks now too um, other than just regular pickles <laughs> I can just eat pickles all day gross <laughs> okay so um, this is also from Mizzle and it says hey podcast podcast <laughs> this is a two-parter please don't be deceived mike is not a person that is um, controlling the internet and making super long tweets okay my daughter loves to be quote sneaky yes open parentheses taking extra candy hiding little fibs about brushing her teeth uh-huh. etc close parentheses it is mostly harmless but I'm concerned about how this scales to teenage years when sneaky is dangerous. Any hot tips? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, Eden is very sneaky. Yes, we have a very sneaky daughter. Yeah. And she and she's like, she is too sneaky by half sometimes, though. Where mm-hmm. she thinks she's a lot more sneaky than she is, which is just kind of charming. You know, we'll be sitting there in the kitchen and she'll Mission Impossible style. be like ducking between furniture and looking out to see if you see her and then... You don't, and then you walk up to the couch and then surprise her, and then she is just so surprised that you had seen her coming. Yeah. Both of, both of the kids, I think, um, are getting to an age where they like to push the envelope, they like to see what they can get away with. Um, my son, thank God, is a terrible liar. Mm-hmm. He is not good at all. And um, when he does lie, I can just... Look him in the eye and say, you know that I know that you're lying, right? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And he's very easy to catch. Eden, on the other hand, will stick to her story even after she's in trouble. And you know that she has lied. So um, one of the things that I've had to do with Eden is I will tell her, like, you know, when you lie, it means that we can't trust you. And I've thought about this a lot as they get older and as they break these little rules, we have a curfew for the kids because they have a lot of friends in the neighborhood and they have to come in at a certain time. And, you know, that it just depends. So now that it's getting darker later, they have to be home a lot earlier. Um, but they used to keep missing that curfew over and over. And it really got me to thinking that, you know, as they get older, that is going to be how they earn trust. And, you know, if you lie about little things, then it means that I can't trust you with bigger things and so forth, you know? And so the bigger the lie is, the less the entire family is capable of trusting you. And I think that that kind of teaches that lesson about how you live in, as a grown up in life, you know? If you do shady shit to one friend, well then if another friend hears about it, you know, they're not gonna trust you. So I think that just, as a family unit, everyone holding that person accountable is important because if there is one group of people that should love you unconditionally, it's your family. And then if they're doing that, the one group of people that you want to hold you accountable are your family because they're your safe place. So that's my hot tip 
um, untested at this point. <laughs> I'll get back with you in several years and let you know how this worked out for me. Yeah. <sighs> so, and with that yawn. <sighs> Alright, go to bed, podcast listeners. I don't care if you're listening to this at your desk. If you're on your morning commute, you can pull over to the side of the road and then get to bed. But just, just take a nap, you know? It's just, or, so it's just a tired moment. So just get, just close those eyes when it's safe to do so and listen to this uh, uh, yeah. sultry voice. I was just thinking how nice it would be to be a little, a little person and like you go to bed, but it's just a warm bowl of mashed potatoes. <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. And you just sink in and you're like, whoop, hit a slippery spot. <laughs> but that was just flutter. So just imagine that you're slipping into your your mashed potatoes and you've got a little pillow of butter and a little blanket of gravy. <laughs> Good night, podcast. Good night. Meow. Meow.